Like, I want it to be as lit at a soccer game like an HBCU game. I don't want this to be, like, just it's only a thing that happens in the HBCU setting. Like, I want that kind of culture and vibe at a soccer game because there's no reason you can't have it. You are now listening to the Dreaming of Freedom podcast on the Two Cents FC Network. All right. Welcome back to the Dreaming of Freedom podcast, where we play at the intersection of football, politics, history, and black culture. I am Jermaine. And I'm Callie. And we are members of Black Herons United, an independent black supporters group for Inner Miami and all things black soccer in South Florida. For today's show, we'll be speaking with the host of one of, if not the leading podcast on all things women's soccer and specifically black women in the game. Sky and Silves from Shea Butter FC. Sky and Silves have curated a space to increase the representation of Black women in soccer by celebrating their careers in the global game and always speaking truth to power. Shea Butter is a leading voice in the culture, expanding the room of soccer media to include perspectives that have historically been excluded from the coverage of the game. We're really excited to welcome to the pod the legends, Sky and Silves, how are y'all doing today? Oh, I, I know y'all on this morning. I didn't tell the new RPR. Like, oh, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, sorry. who are these people? Who? who? Man. Y'all talking about us? Who? Y'all already know. Legends in the game. Come on now. Oh, thank you. We are, we are for hire, by the way. Okay. All right. I got to talk we, to my people. Yeah, I'll see what happens. Yeah, we gotta talk, yeah, we'll send you to Ebony, our manager. Yeah. Word, word. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I'm good. Got my coffee, so I'm good, man. I'm sipping on my coffee. Yeah. Hey, I'm coffee awake. and uh, coffee and workout to start the day. It's always a yep. good, always a good start to the day. Awesome, awesome. So, um, all right, you know, how are we feeling about the NWSL season uh, starting off next weekend? Uh, any thoughts on OL Rain, Angel City? How y'all feeling? Angel City will be vastly improved. I agree with that. <laughs> yes, I, and they have a midfield that's called midfield. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it'll be better than last year. Um, and people are healthier. Year, health, yeah, health alone um, will help. Um, oh, Rain, um, we made some really quiet moves. We made one that wasn't so quiet, and I'm not really sure what the what we're doing with that move. Um, okay, I'm excited for that move. Um, but I kind of like that we won the shield and we're still under everybody's radar. Like we're not mm-hmm. probably not the favorites. Um, and I'm okay with that. So, um, I'm really excited about at least Bennett, like really excited, like okay. overjoyed. Um, Coog, you know, always going to go up for my Cougs, but I just, I like her game. I like her ability to press. Um, she reminds me a little bit of Lynn Williams, which was why it was sad to see them part <laughs> Kansas city, but, um, yeah, I'm just really excited. So, um, yeah, let's see if we can defend the shield. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen some things in preseason, so yeah, uh, um, it'll it'll be intriguing. It'll be intriguing for sure. All right, all right, all right. And what what's the landscape of the league looking like right now for this upcoming season? Um, uh, multiple good teams. Um, yeah, parity. I think there will be a lot of yeah. parity. A lot of teams will be way way better. Um and healthier, um, and then some teams that were at the top are gonna get like a rude awakening. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I think there are a bunch of teams that actually have midfields or they have pieces or they added pieces that is like, ooh, what does that look like? 
or they drafted like a Messiah Bright to Orlando mm-hmm. and she's been killing people off preseason. Like, you know, you know, constructing teams that people might not have people historically may have ignored are now solid teams. And so like the parody will be really real where a very good team, seemingly very, very good team could get smacked on a Wednesday. Um, yeah. and then said team that smacked them could get booted in the air on Saturday. Like that kind of Yeah, this is it. I certainly think there's a lot of parody. Um yeah, I think some teams that maybe missed out last year will will sneak into the playoffs of not being competition for the shield. Um, I think there's some exciting young teams. Uh, she mentioned Messiah Bright uh, being signed to Orlando. And I just think that they're really young and exciting, right? They have the first black head coach in the NWSL, uh, yeah. permanent head coach in, in Seth Hines. And so, um, and that staff is, is pretty, like they have two black assistants. Like it's really, they've, they've done a good job. They hired Haley Carter, which I think was a slam dunk of a hire. Um, so yeah, I think they're doing a lot of things right when that franchise historically hasn't. Um, right, right. It's yeah. had a lot of issues. So I think everybody's really excited to see what's going on going on with Orlando. Um, I mean, just from what we cover, Gotham and Angel City are gonna be exciting. They're the two like blackest squats, for lack of a better word. So yeah, right, um, right. and I think their styles will be very interesting in terms of how they're um gonna execute that. And they both had they both missed the playoffs last year, and so I think yeah. they have people back. They've made some trades, free agency, obviously, for the first time is shaking up the league. So you had the Williams go to Gotham. You had Dabinia go to Kansas City. On paper, Kansas City looks like a juggernaut of a team. They made the finals last year. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, you know, Yasmin Ryan left Portland and went to Gotham. So um, there's been a lot of really good moves. Um, interested to see what the rookies look like. Obviously, Messiah, we're really big on her. Uh, Alyssa Thompson seems like she was worth the 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 move. Angel yes. City. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She seems like she was worth it. And so there's a couple of others like Madrill and 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 Dequila and a couple of other players that I think will be really good out of that freshman class. Um so yeah, Ordonez is in Houston. Like there's just a lot of shakeups and there's still a few yeah, yeah. putting off. Yeah, like so Houston is now it'll set. be a fun, it'll be a fun league. There's no weekday games for the regular season for the first time. Uh so everything's whoa, on whoa, 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 pause. There's no, challenge regular cup games. Season, regular season challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah regular season. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's really nice to help players rest. And it's a World Cup year, right? So health will matter, playing time will matter, rotation will matter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And even with the Challenge Cup is now in season. So hopefully we don't have as many injuries. Um, because people actually had a preseason. Um, I will say it will be interesting to see who does and doesn't go to a World Cup and then what that means for the NWCL because the Challenge Cup is in season, it will happen during that time. And right. so very well, some teams, some team may eat you into oblivion that you didn't think because somebody got left at home. I'm just saying. Um, and I think the other big thing, and this is going to be comical, VAR is coming. Oh, yeah, that, that's what I want to say. That. Ah. Ooh. So there's going to be some some charges. Uh, Them offside charges going to be real. Be yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of offside merchants in my app there. <laughs> And I have some different, uh, yeah, it, and they already different did. seasons this year. So yeah. I was at the Angel City Hoop America game, and they had VAR. So there was a whole goal that people thought was a goal that got called back. And how they did that, mm-mm. so yeah. Yeah, even on the replay, it was wow. interesting. So yeah, that's gonna be wild with these refs. Mm-hmm. You thinking you scored a goal? No more of these hand in the goals. No more of these goals that become crosses. That's the beautiful thing, but then it's yeah. like, what is the video quality? That's the only question I have. Yeah, 
it's hmm. it'll it'll make it as interesting as VAR makes everything else. So hold on tight. It's gonna be real yeah right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So us us being in Miami, we don't have a, a local NWSL club, but I have an impending move uh, to DC next year. So I've decided to adopt okay. the Washington Spirit as my my club. How much pain or glory am I, am I going to see this year? This year is um, probably going to be some pain, man. Yeah, pain. Because I'm I'm wondering how many defenders do they have? They're going to run the two five. How many? What is that? The, the seven, majority three. of your defenders will be converted. And so it's going to be a ride, I yes. think. Um, right, the, the experience that they had on defense, they let go. Particularly um, mm-hmm. and Sana and O'Hara and McGrady the year before. And, mm-hmm. and so that championship backline outside of Sam Stott has been blown up pretty much. Um, so, and you have some midfielders. Obviously, you have Andy Sullivan there to help, you know, hold down the defensive duties. But again... A lot of minutes probably going to the World Cup. What do you do when she's out? Um, right. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a whole lot of get into Trinity, get into Ashley and see see what happens. And they have some good strikers. But, um, I mean, Trinity's going to have to drop back and defend. Um, yeah, yeah, she's going to have to be a two-way player. So, it, it'll be, I think this will be a rough year. And then maybe next year you start to see some some improvement. I guess that's the upside of having a good young player. Um, you know, you'd still have two more years of or yeah, two more years of Trinity. I think she's on a four-year deal. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think you sacrifice the year maybe to keep her, you know, those two years, and then play the free agent game because then she becomes a restricted free agent. So um, this year probably not going to be super fun as a Spirit fan. Um, I think next year maybe a little little more. We'll see what they do in the draft. So between being a, a Liverpool fan, a Miami fan, and now a Spirit fan, I'm going through it. I'm, I'm uh, kind of rough footier than okay. Miami might do right by you at some point. I can't promise the other two. Yeah, you gonna build some character. Yeah, <laughs> no. Let's not talk about Miami, please. Glory. <laughs> we, went, we went through enough last night. We were yeah, glory, Man United. There we go. <laughs> All right. I would love to see a women's team in Miami. By the way, I think yes. that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been like marginal kind of talks about it um but nothing 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 really serious in the work so i mean mass i mean mass has 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 expressed an interest in getting a women's team um but again nothing nothing kind of concrete has ever been been locked in so we'll see i mean hopefully hopefully it uh hopefully it comes to fruition sooner rather than later you know because uh orlando being the only only yeah. women's team out here is uh come on we need, we need something no, I, more. I feel you and and you talked to we talked about the league and then obviously this will also be the last year. There's 12 teams. Um, there's two more teams coming next year. Mm-hmm. And then we know Boston's coming at some point. So at least one more team. So maybe it'll be Miami. Well, we'll see. What right, put in there. Tampa was awarded. Uh, Tampa was no. one of the finalists and they didn't get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Gotcha. 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 Okay. Dope. So, I mean, obviously, you know, when you listen to Shea Butter, you understand that uh, Sky and Stills are experts in in the game, uh, you know, not only in covering the game in terms of player profiles or what have you, but also tactically. Um, so can you all tell us how you all got into the game? Right. When did you all start um, following the game seriously, watching the game seriously? Um, and, you know, what really attracted you uh, to the game itself? Who's going? I'm going. All right. Okay. So seriously, I mean, because I had played in the YMCA when I was like seven. Um, and then okay. after I nutmeg the dude 
And then he tried to go for my knee. And then that was a whole, well, he kicked me in the knee. I was on the ground and then I was about to fight him. Then my mom was yelling at the coach. She yanked me out of that. Um, and I ended up playing softball, basketball. But I played again in high school um, because I was in marching band. Grew up in Atlanta. So I was in marching band culture. And so hey. soccer didn't interfere because I stopped playing basketball. So I played soccer in the spring and mm-hmm. got thrown into it. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was the goalkeeper because everybody was scared to dive. And I was like, well, Brianna Scurry did it. I can do it. Um, hey. But I didn't really care about soccer until I got to college. I went to Georgia Tech. Um, and it was the number one sport. If for whatever reason, Georgia Tech is not in the ACC in soccer, which is wild. Um, and but it's the number one sport they were playing on every freaking surface. I vividly remember that first day. Uh, but I fell in love with it because of the passion um, of watching the game with people. And the World Cup that was in was that 20, 2006? 6, 2005. Whatever year was a World Cup, Men's World Cup, I was in I was at um Southern Polytechnic um State University doing the um my summer taking some summer classes and everybody was watching and how people were passionate. I didn't really start paying attention to the game then. And then I was skipping class because Georgia Tech had all the channels. So I saw how I'm a Manchester United fan quotation marks is because of the glory, the glory glory that was in front of me. Um and also was watching Real Madrid. Um, several, I was watching, I was skipping class watching soccer, so that's how I got into it. Um, yeah, that's that's how I started paying attention and actually okay. caring. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, my journey is uh, interesting. I'm a sports fanatic, right? Um, I kind of always have been like, I love sports from the time I was little. Um, so actually, my sister played softball. And one of the ways they did fundraisers was to do concessions and they happened to do concessions at the Richmond kicker games when I was little. So I would help with concessions because childcare is expensive. So I would go with my dad and my sister and I would sneak off to watch the game um, while I was doing concessions. So I'm very serious. And I say like Richmond kickers is my first introduction to soccer, like local soccer very much matters to me. Um, and then the first World Cup I vividly remember is a 94 World Cup because it was in the U.S. and they broadcast it on television. Um, so we didn't have streaming and all that fun stuff back then. And cool, like I remember the denim kits and all that stuff, but I really liked Columbia. Like I liked the way they played. They had a lot of black and brown dudes that looked like me. Yep. I was like, yep. that team was incredibly fun. Um, and they kind of sucked me in. I was like, oh, that's how you could, because to me, soccer very much looked like U.S., right? And kind of like, it's okay, but it wasn't really sucking me in. That sucked me in. I was like, oh, it's like basketball. Like, they're having fun and all this stuff. Or 90s baseball when dudes were, like, really cool. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of my foray into that. And then, like, in and out, whatever came on TV, I was able to, you know, get my hands on watching other sports predominantly because that's what they showed here. Um, Watched the Olympics, right? Saw, like, the Stacey Wilson and the Brown Scurries in Atlanta. But for me, I'm a child of the 99ers. Like, it's very much... That summer of 99 was Women's World Cup and it was Serena's first title and I was hooked on like sports. Like I was like, oh, women yes, can do anything. Yes, yes, so yes. Um, that's sort of how I got sucked in. And obviously the national team is the one they've shown. So following them off and on, um, following the leagues, right? DC had a team when I was growing up in Virginia um, and Mia Hamm was on it. So um, at, at the time it was my goat. And so, yeah, it just sort of kept following through the women and got sucked into the men, you know, once I got into college in particular, 
Um, you know, my story is I'm a Chelsea fan because I saw DDA Jogla and it was it. Like, that's my guy. <laughs> so um, I, I followed him wherever he went. Uh, I was mm-hmm. passively an Ivory Coast fan too for the same reason. Like, <laughs> I followed right. that. I would follow him anywhere. So, um, yeah, I did. And, and Real, the Real Madrid teams, right? Like, I'm a Zidane. Like, I bow at his feet. Like, I love Zidane. And so... <laughs> Um, yeah, just, you know, how I got in, like Milan and how they play defense. Like, I, this is really just, those are the, I kind of gravitated toward players and that's how I got sucked into teams and I'm pretty loyal <laughs> once I get sucked into a team. So, um, I've, I've, I've held out, but yeah. And like, now I get to watch it pretty much all the time. It's so much easier to be, you know, a soccer fan and watch, watch the sport, you know, wherever your teams are located. So um and it's just to me it's chess right like it's this it's this fun thing to watch and watch how people move and make decisions and the different styles and expressions of culture and family and personality and all of these things that come with the sport and I don't know to me it's just this microcosm for the greater you know greater planet greater earth it's human mm-hmm. problems or soccer problems right so it touches everything it's a universal language and so um it's not my first love but it's my favorite sport so, uh, right, yeah, right. that's sort of how I came to it. Yeah, no, that's dope. You know, I mean, uh, it's a universal language, you know, for the good and the bad, right? Like, yeah. like we see all the, you know, I mean, all the reasons you just said, you know, were, were, were the, what, you know, like what makes the game the beautiful game, right? The expression of culture, the, you know, different styles of play, all these things. And then it's also, you know, the, you know, I, I guess the ugly side of the game as well, just in terms of, I mean, we'll get to that part, I guess, later on in the episode, but um you know, it's just it's it's just always important to kind of understanding or appreciating both sides, really. Um, but one thing I found interesting with both of y'all is that uh, there were there was you know specific like black influences um, in your kind of uh, maturation of the game, right? In, in, in kind of your uh, love for the game with uh, Brianna Scurry with uh, Colombia, right? Um, so also I love Brazil. To, like, My bad, Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, I mean Brazil always, right? For me, I meant I mean, to say that. I meant to say Brazil, and particularly Marta made me care from a woman's side because when she was torching the u.s women's national team and everybody else like i was like marta like i literally part of how i even watched her at Torizo when she played in sweden with Kristen press is because i was like where marta go i need to see that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. was i saw so i actually saw all that whole that historic run they had in champions league live um Okay. So because we had access, don't ask questions. Um, but yeah, I saw all that like as it happened. So I mean, it came back to how Marta was stunned. I was like, that's how you play soccer. You're supposed to be embarrassing people. Like it should be mm-hmm. fun soccer. It should be fun. It should be like right. you on the streets, um, playing basketball, same shit. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what and that's what those I mean, that's what those countries give us, right? You know, countries mm-hmm. like Brazil, countries like Colombia. I mean, I know yeah. for me it was 98, I mean, I mean, 98 was important because Jamaica was, it was the first time uh, the men's team made it, but also watching that Netherlands team, right? With all those, yeah. I mean, you know, so we talked about this with, you yeah. know, can I kick it? It's just how black that team was, was just incredible, right? So it just, you know, I, you know, I just love to kind of hear those stories of like the black influences and how it kind of brings more black people into the game, the more, the more black people we see in the game. Um but aside from that, I, I am interested, uh, Sky, you were talking about uh, the marching band, uh, the marching band culture in Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, g- give us a give us an inside look of what marching band culture is in Atlanta. Uh, I went to FAMU, so I know a little bit about it. 
a lot of, you know, a lot of my freshman brothers and sisters. I, too, am in the marching band culture, so I want to hear okay, what it feels like in okay. Atlanta first. Okay, so in Atlanta, like, you live I feel, breathe. I feel painfully white right now. I just want to hear <laughs> Callie, you just sit to the side for a second. It's, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I say drumline, similar to, like I say, ATL is a sanitized version of skating culture in Atlanta. Drumline is a sanitized version of, like, what it is. So you, I mean, like, yeah, you live yeah. up and grow up and breathe it. So I was going to be battle of the bands, like the original ones. Um, my mom worked in the AUC. Um, that's why I, you don't know my real name. Because if you knew, you know who she is and you can figure out, like, all that. Anyway, but my mom worked in the AUC. She worked in Clark. She went to Clark Atlanta for grad school. And then she um, also got a degree in library science. And so was at um, AUC, too. Works in the Atlanta University Center. So I grew up on, like, I went to Spelman College Nursery School <laughs> when I was a little kid. So I grew up on HBCU campuses, and then the influence of HBCUs are all throughout. I mean, we don't talk about this. Like, you as a, you know, older adult, older Black adults could not go to predominantly white school. So they went to HBCUs, so they taught. So, I mean, me growing up in Atlanta is really, real Black. You're proud to be Black. You know, the influence is always there, in particular with bands. Most of the band instructors went to HBCUs. They try to emulate FAMU. Um, my band instructor went to Morris Brown, though. Um, so... Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to do none of that. Um, and so we did a different style because he he was respecting fam. You he didn't want to have us replicating, you know, the way y'all stop like marching all that. Sure, sure, sure. But um, we were connected to Clark Atlanta um because people who graduated from Mays had went to Clark Atlanta. But I mean, it's all over, it's everywhere. I mean, in middle school, you out here trying to crank and be in the marching man. Um, you know, is there is there all the time full HD? You know, part of why I'd even do it, part of why I wasn't trying to march for Georgia Tech, because I was like, first of all, y'all ain't practicing like y'all need to. But then also, um, it's just like the work you'd have to put in when you're on a college level. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fun. It's like everything. I mean, I got so many great experiences, got so many homies still that I made through marching in. It's right. every which way. Um, you know, influences music, culture. You know, like this, like them songs like Mars Brown or, you know, you know, it could turn a song that might have been like eh, by artists. But then, you know, mm-hmm. they get a, you know, we were singing Cry For Me. <laughs> Cry For Me as a marching band song. Is when, I mean, we're still singing. People singing Snake by hey. Paula Abdul or Skin I'm In by, mm-hmm. is that Cameo? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Torture. Yeah. You know, we can go down a list of songs. Mm-hmm. Um. The variations of neck and how they spun off S the sounds of success, uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sounds of Philadelphia. Um, you could go through all kinds of stuff. I mean, I know too many gap band songs because I was having to march nine to five and do crazy formations. Um too many earth, wind, and fire songs. So many earth, wind, and fire songs. <laughs> earth, wind, and fire. I was, I was just doing neck in my head, actually. Yeah, or you know, get away. How many freaking 30 second notes? You know, yeah. I mean, you end up learning so much and respecting music and seeing stuff. I mean, it was mad influential. Um, it is a sport. Got a train marching around. Hell yeah! Um, but yeah, it's it's all over the place. I haven't I haven't lived in Atlanta like that anymore. I'm assuming it's still the same because I see stuff. I mean, I think it's expanded because mm-hmm. now they got marching. They got like drum academies. Like if I was younger, I would have been playing drums. Um, but they got mm. all kinds of stuff that it's like okay, that's dope. They have that. Um, but yeah, it was like everywhere. Okay. Well, and Scott, what uh, Scott, what instrument did you play? Um, okay, so initially I had played the flute because my mom had played clarinet and she wasn't trying to deal with the reeds. 
Hey. She didn't want me messing up my lips on brass. But then eventually, I hated the flute with the passion. Um, and so band director was like, do you want to play French horn? I'm like, yes. And so then I was playing mellophone. And so okay. I claimed the mellophone. French horn. All right. All right. Shout out to the French horn with those kind of melodies. You know. But I, w- I was always watching the drums. So people were wondering how I, can have, how I picked up snare because I was watching how they play. Um, so I taught myself snare. Then I could play here. quads okay. if I can get me some. Yeah. Hey, okay. Okay. What about you, Sills? Um, Drum major. Yeah, yeah I, well, I'll get there. Um, Whoa. So okay. I, lived, I literally grew up on an HBCU campus. So my father is actually an assistant band director for Virginia State University until last year. Um, we finally retired. Here. So I was two years old. We had just moved to Virginia because my parents were also ministers. They had a church. Our house is right across the street from the campus. So my father stro- walked over with me in the shoulder. Um, so I've literally been, <laughs> I was literally raised on that campus um, and got the job and then was the assistant director ever since. So, I mean, again, childcare is expensive. So I spent most of my afternoons with my dad on, on campus. So I literally grew up in band culture. Um, my dad's a tuba player. So <laughs> brass hey. was always going to be what we played. Um, my okay. sister did clarinet for a little while, but she didn't really stick with it. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved it from the time I was little. I thought all the drum majors and drummers and the brass players were all like the coolest people ever. Um, I thought all the dancers were gorgeous. And at the time we had the woo-woos as well, who were like top tier, like cheerleaders, like everybody was just cool, right? Like everybody was cool. It was this black space. Like, I don't know, for me, it was just a way of life. Like it, I didn't realize it could be different. I really didn't realize that until mm-hmm. I got to college, just because of my, my experience. I grew up in a black town. I grew up on an HBCU campus. Like my high school was a high stepping high school, right? So we obviously had our influences from Virginia State, but also the band director of Virginia State had been the band director of Jackson State. So we had a lot of Jackson State uh-huh. um, influence as well. So yeah, I just, uh, you know, and it's styles, right? Like, so where I grew up, it was very much like we believe in musicality. Yes, we can crank, but it's about arrangements yes, and, yes, and drilling yes. and drills are important. Like Carl J. Halton writes, you know, does drills better than almost anybody. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty much in everything I do musically. Like, I don't really, I can't really detach it from that. Um, and of course I start off playing trumpet. Um, okay, trumpet. And okay, then okay. Uh, got moved to French horn in high school. Um, hey. says my band director had also gone to Virginia State. Um, and then he went to the Ohio State, I think, for his doctorate. Um, and then came back. So yeah, it was definitely that. And then yeah, my senior year, I went from section leader for two years um to drum major. So yeah, I was a, I was a drum major <laughs> my senior year. Come on. It's legit, like like Sky said, it's a sport, right? The bands, my dad used to say the band practice is, is just as much is the football team for a quarter of the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um it's a, it is a sport. There are scholarships, there are everything. Like yeah. it's, it's a serious you run in we my, oh my high God. Sc- 39 push ups. Yeah, my high school push-ups. my high school was on a hill that was a mile up, mile down. We're running up and down the fucking hill, marching nine to five in ninety five degree heat. Oh, um yes. oh yeah. My band director was so adamant that we weren't wearing sweatpants, track jerseys. We was gonna be in the wool things in the heat i was so pissed we'd be hot drenched just drinking going through gallons of gatorade um but yeah 
Oh, so we, like for us, the uniforms actually came in handy because we had to do Christmas parades and it would be freezing by then. So yeah, yeah. Um, the cold sucks way more than the hot. Just want to put it out. Because um, you play brass. That's a rough Oh, one. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you got to keep your mouthpiece warm. Um, but yeah, I just, and the same thing for me. I ended up not going to an HBCU. Um, probably one of the few in my family that doesn't, right? Like I exist because of an HBCU. My parents met at Hampton. We're a Hampton family. Okay. Um, okay. a little bit of soccer on the state and A&T thrown in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that they're invaluable. I think they're necessary. Um, it's not the choice I made, but I start, it's not for lack of thinking that they don't hold back. Right, right. Um, so, so, so. I just also grew up around once. I just wanted a different experience. Yeah, but, yeah. The same way. Honestly. The only reason I went to Georgia Tech is because <laughs> I literally grew up around just black people. And my first time having day-to-day diversity was at Georgia Tech. So that was a whole trippy experience. Um, gotcha. But what it did do, right, is it, like, fortified yeah. my Blackness. Like, there's certain things I don't question about myself or what Black people are capable of, good and bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, there's mm-hmm. just, I saw everything so going into the real world. Like, I completely understand, again, why they exist and how they yeah. make us secure in ourselves. But, like, I... You know, I think every black person has a moment or two, but like I've really always been secure in it because I grew up yeah. around black folks for the most part, right? And again, yeah. my city is also, particularly my high school city, um, it's historically black as well. So right. it's just I never questioned it, and I actually think, in terms of the work we do now and you know, covering football and things like that, I think that that life experience has benefited me, and to be able to speak to some things and be able to see that and to see how systemically, um, yeah. We're targeted, right? Like you talk about funding for HBCUs and why mm-hmm. why they don't get funded, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they're public institutions, we could have those conversations. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it exposed me to a lot, a lot of our history, culture, how people have always fought and thought and been intelligent and all these other things. So I've never had to question that. So I think as I get older, I realize just how valuable that was for me. But yeah, it's in it's in everything we do, particularly I think musically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's impacted like, and it's like. You know, initially when we started, it was a concept of just having a voice, but it's evolved to, OK, so then how do we make the space inclusive to bring in our authentic selves, including from a cultural standpoint, um, music like I want it to be as lit at a soccer game like an HBCU game. I don't want this to be like just it's only a thing that happens in the HBCU setting. Like I want that kind of culture involved at a soccer game because there's no reason yeah. you can't have it. Um and shit, I wanted to. I want to be knucking if you buck into the xylophone in the triangle. <laughs> not, not the xylophone, Lord, yeah, not the xylophone. And particularly because the vast majority. I mean, you have West Coast teams, obviously, but most of the Midwest and East Coast teams are near HBCUs, yep. right? Like, there Absolutely. really isn't an excuse to not tap Absolutely. into that part of your community. Yeah. 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 And I think you know, I think what both of y'all are uh, highlighting is that there is a supporter culture that exists, right, mm-hmm. in the Black community, right? And you can just easily look at any HBCU, uh, you know, football game, you know, football halftime, you know, and it's just a matter of, you know, translating that to the soccer space, right? It's like, it's not that Black supporter cultures don't exist, right? It's just a matter of being able to curate it in a way that can translate between kind of the traditional, uh, you know, football uh, atmosphere uh, to the, you know, the, you know, to the to the soccer scene, right? So Ooh, that was smooth. Um, Oh, was it? Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate That's that. why he's a doctor. Oh man! Doctor. He hears that prefix. 
Hey, hey, but speaking of the research, though, and speaking of music, right, uh, Sky, uh, you're a, this is like, girl, you're like Girl Scout, like royalty here, you know, am I, am I, mi- <laughs> Girl Scout royalty, nah, so. If I wasn't intimidated by the drum, by the drumline stuff, I'm definitely intimidated now, I should this is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, oh, so you, you, you found, you found some things. I found some things. He's a doctor. He's a I'm doctor. A doctor I got it. This is my job. That's what I do. Right. Oh, so uh, <laughs> you you were the recipient of the Girl Scouts uh, Gold Award. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And uh, you did. You received that award for putting on a music and science workshop for yes. for high school girls in the, yeah. in the, in the area. Can, can you say mm-hmm. a little bit more about that? And okay. again, just kind of tying in the whole you know significance of music and kind of what you do. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, um, I love music. My mom was like, so I was dead set on being a whole artist. And my mom was like, you need to go to school. Okay. So figure out what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, at that point, I had got into um, NASA has a summer high school apprenticeship program. NASA Sharp. I had gotten to the one for biomedical engineering at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, So actually, I was mentored by a biomedical engineer. Who actually, well, she wasn't, she was working about medical engineering, but she was electrical engineering. Um, and she helped me make this crazy music generated laser light show. Um, so I used that as a part of a workshop to enter to integrate music with science because I was already trying to figure out how do I blend that. Um, because I love science. My mom has a doctorate in pharmacology, toxicology. So yeah, I grew up also on Morehouse School of Medicine's campus. Um, so I had all kind of fast science projects, love science was blowing stuff up, doing all kind of crazy stuff. Um, and actually led me because I was building Legos and having cars fly off of shit. But that's how I ended up in engineering. Um, cause my mom was like, you're going to blow something up. Like we got to harness. Like on a professional level. You're going yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I'm do something. Cause I was crazy. I was like pouring soda on light bulbs when they were to see what they look like when it pops, like all kind of crazy stuff. So yeah. Getting me in something constructive. Um, and all that, I was like, well, I don't want to do watching my mom in medical school and seeing people doing doctor. I was like, I don't want to do none of that. Um, and engineering popped up. It was like, so how do you blend science with music? And so I had this whole workshop um, where you can earn the music and science patches. Um, and then you see how you can blend the two together. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize that would be the beginning of what would get me into audio engineering. Um, which is I have a bachelor's and two masters in electrical engineering. Well, yeah, bachelor's, master's in electrical, and then the master's in music engineering technology. The goal was to do music engineering to try to educate and blend music with science in some kind of way. Um, still working that out. I don't do that as my real life job, but uh, that was the that was like that whole workshop was the basis of that. Um, actually, got me into college and stuff with my essays. Got me Girl Scout scholarship. Um, but the whole point of that was to show you can blend like a passion of something with the science um, and then do some stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. And then I had also translated the Spanish, too, so that people could replicate it. Um, but yeah, that was wow. dang, you did some research. You yeah. found that. Oh, shit. I feel <laughs> very. Uh, oh, I know we got to, you know, we got to drop some. Some knowledge bombs for y'all. You know, it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Awesome. That was dope. That was dope. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, 
I mean, even like like uh, just like listening to y'all podcast, you know, like at the end of each episode, it's you know y'all talking about you know what songs we talking about and what songs you're listening to right now. So it's it's very evident that music is you know a central you know a central part of you know what y'all doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That is, I, I I'm I'm kind of blown away right now by how diverse your your upbringing was, guy. Like this is like yeah. you're 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 a drum major. You're working that. Oh, I want to drum major. Blowing shit still up, like. <laughs> yeah, still to the drum major, drum right? Major. Yeah. But, but yeah, oh my I bad, mean, my, uh, bad, my, bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is because my mom is a scientist. Um, she ain't gonna say she she does library science now, but because she loves to like, she was getting her master's in organic chemistry, and then. For fun, got a master's in library science. If you know how hard it is to do a library science degree, it is that's crazy. It. As, it's yeah, really it's crazy cool. as hell. And so uh I was like, "You did who? You crazy?" Um, but she loved that, and so I ended up growing up and doing stuff like that. So you know, while she was titrating stuff in the lab, literally, like they were like big sisters to me. The people she was in the lab with, um, a lot of black women who are in their twenties, early thirties, getting their doctorates at Morehouse school of medicine, you know, they were entertaining some of my crazy questions. Cause I would pick up, cause I was the kind of geek that would pick up her books and read them and taught myself like AP biology and all that stuff. Cause I would read her medical books for fun. Um, cause it was like, if I learned to learn it, whatever. Um, and then I'll be like, Oh, can I do this? And they were like, yeah, you want to go make that kind of crazy ass science project? Let's go do it. Let's do it the right way. So, I mean, that helped a lot. Um, and her never being like, Sky, you can't do X, Y, Z because you're a girl. You know, when I first was given Barbie dolls, I hated those. And I was like, can I get the Ninja Turtles? And she was like, you want those? Okay, fine. And then I had Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, and it was just blowing. Then when eventually when she allowed me to get like race cars, because, you know, the old days you had to plug them in, right? And if you touch the track, you could electrocute yourself. She was really scared I was going to electrocute myself because... I was doing crazy stuff. Like when I finally got the the um the battery power ones, then that's when I got into like the race cars and model race cars and stuff. That's I had so stuff flying funny. off. I yeah. had a Hot Wheels. I had a Hot Wheels track. Like when the McDonald's, like I had bins and bins of like toys from McDonald's. And yeah. I would always get the car instead of the doll. And like yeah, yeah. I remember my like people used to question my mom. She's like, my child wants the car. I don't really care. She's a girl. Um, so I like I respect my parents for that. Like they've always been that way. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I'm a social scientist, like by trade. I went into poli sci. I actually went in international relations thinking I was gonna be a foreign service officer um and save the world. <laughs> um um, and actually, my focus is the Middle East, North Africa. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I my Arabic's very, very, very rusty. I'm sure if I practice for a few months, I'd be okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I think for me, right, I'm also greatly influenced by what I grew up around. So my parents are ministers, like my parents are ministers. Um, mm-hmm. Not the fire and brimstone kind. I promise they're pretty, pretty chill. Um, but I did, and and they did a lot of the hard like dirty work of the church right like helping people with you know they dealt with sexual assault sexual misconduct and how do you help a church heal after like that's your pastor or your minister of music or something like along those lines if they've taken money from the church so fraud like when trust is broken Mm -hmm. they did a lot of the particularly my mom having to come in and do the healing work right and people's spiritual healing and emotional healing and all of these things and so I really 
tapped into that, right? Like my grandma and my mom and these, you know, these black women, these powerful black women, um, who did the work of helping people heal and helping people mm-hmm. answer really tough questions and mm-hmm. the imperfect work and sitting in discomfort and all of these things that I saw. Um, and I got to see men like my father and my grandfathers who weren't intimidated by that, right? Like these really strong women. In fact, it's what they valued in them, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me and my sister too, like that was empowerment, right? This idea, like Sky said, nobody ever told us we couldn't. Um, and I think that's not always the case. And so I see that as I, as I work with Sky or as we do the work in these spaces, um, again, fortified in that, right? In this strength, I, you know, as Proclee says, I am born of strong women who are born of strong women who are born of strong okay. women, right? Okay, um, quotes. So, but I, I take that seriously, right? I'm very much a context person. It's my strength. I look backwards to go forward, right? I think we have a lot of answers and blueprints behind us right people just didn't have the resources and other things to share that out and so um i i tend to trust my ancestors a lot so um as i think they had they had a lot of good ideas um and i'm proud of that Mm -hmm. right i'm proud to be able to tap into that and and sit with that and so i don't know and and i don't know if this comes off in some of the stuff we do and particularly some of the stuff i do in shape butter but like i am about like the spiritual work the emotional work um because i think that's important to help healing like a lot of the ills and um you know i've been in a lot of activist spaces and so that probably also comes across as well and learning that there's a myriad there's a myriad of ways to do activism right like it isn't necessarily yelling on the street getting arrested um there's work to be done and we are all needed and our talents are all needed and so i i feel it's almost a calling and i think soccer is the vehicle through which um that work can be done and those conversations mm-hmm. can be had. And um, I think that the women's soccer space in particular is such a unique space and it's in a unique time and there's infinite growth potential, right? It's not saturated in the way the men's game is. And so I want us to try to do it as right as possible. And so I think the way my life has been set up, the influences over my life, particularly those of black women and femmes and, and non-binary siblings, like those voices and how they see the world and how they want to make it better. I want to make sure that that's at the table um, when we're doing the work in the space. That's that's really that's really where I'm coming from, and so that's the work I've been doing, both in school and life. Um, education happens to be the other vehicle through which I do that, um, and I think the same thing it touches everyone, right? So um, I'm a proponent of public education and access. A lot of the same issues exist in soccer that exist in education, so. Uh, for me, those are two very like seamless things to fit together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh no! All right, so uh, yeah, you know, still just having a little bit of technical difficulty, no problems. I'm very used to that over here, so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs>